This is episode 410, How to Be a Better Stepmom with Lorena. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's not too often I get to talk with someone about step parenting, and I know it's an issue and a reality for so many of you out there. So I'm really pleased to bring this episode to the show. Obviously, I'm not a step parent. I have friends that are, and I've seen different struggles and different blessings that go along with being a step parent. I've met many clients who are step parents, and it definitely has its own unique flavor because there are even more factors at place than when someone is your biological or adopted child and you're not a step parent. And today's guest, I just really love her vulnerability. I love her honesty. And one thing that I think we can just say about parenting in general is it can be really hard and you can love your kid so much and just sometimes be like, frustrated and triggered. And then you, I know at least for me, I immediately feel guilt because it's like, oh my gosh, but I love her. I can't have any of these feelings of frustration, but we're human and we get triggered. And parenting is a spiritual practice. Relationships and parenting are one of the biggest ways I think that we evolve as humans. And these little beings that choose us, either as parents or step-parents, we have a soul contract with. And Lorena definitely has a soul contract with her stepdaughter, who we're going to be talking about in the show. So as you're listening, consider, did you ever feel rejected or neglected as a child? Did you want more nurturing and love? Do you have a child or a stepchild that you just don't connect to, that kind of bothers you and you feel guilty because you don't like being around that particular child as much as you do your other children? And finally, are you committed to be a better parent, both to yourself and your own inner child and your child and children? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my call with Lorena. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor this week and truly one of my favorite products, which is Sensate. I use Sensate every night, sometimes during the day to help me relax, help me calm my vagus nerve, help me soothe my nervous system. And it's just a beautiful, soothing easy to use device. Let me tell you about it. It's an infrasound resonance device that when paired with the sessions in the companion app works towards reducing stress and improving well-being. The Sensate device emits infrasonic sound waves that are synchronized with the soundscapes in the app to provide deep relaxation in 10 to 30 minute sessions. Sensate not only works towards releasing stress and anxieties in the present moment, but it also increases your stress resilience over time, improves your heart rate variability, and helps with better sleep quality along with many other benefits. So it works towards toning your vagus nerve and releasing stress and anxiety. And you've heard me talk about on the show how the vagus nerve is so important for moving us into that rest and digest, calming our nervous system. And I know for me, I use it every night before I go to sleep. And when I don't use it, I really notice a difference in my sleep. I notice myself waking up more. I've noticed myself not sleeping as deeply. So it really is just a great tool to help us come back into that rest and digest place, regulate our nervous system. Now you can get $30 off from your Sensate device. Use promo code over it and just go to the link in the show notes. 
Again, use promo code over it to get $30 off your Sensei and go to the link in the show notes. Lorena, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Christine. My question is about my stepdaughter and myself and our relationship. It would be, what work do I need to do to help us? I've thought and overthought and have looked at it from every angle and I feel like there is a blind spot or there's something that I'm missing when it comes to our relationship. Okay, just a few questions for you. Okay. Um, how long have you been her stepmom? How old is she? Mm-hmm. And what is, is her mother in her life? And what are some of the issues that you're up against? I have been her stepmother since 2016. She's nine years old. So I've been around since she's two or three, two and a half or three, three years old. Her mother is in the picture. She has like some abnormal... We don't really know, I guess, you know, there's always like the DSM. These are all the things that are wrong, but she, she struggles with a lot of different things, whether it's emotional regulation, she struggles in just really anything. Everything is really hard for her and she's, she's challenging to parent for everyone, not just myself, for her dad, for her mom. So it's challenging for, for us, but I, feel like mm. there's something I, and I've been doing it for a long time and she has a younger sister and I don't have a hard time with that just, although she is different and I have a baby as well so and she's one and I've been through a lot of seasons and I've been a different person and I feel like I'm at my best and it still feels the same it's, I still feel like the same trigger, the same things come up. Mm. And I know she's looking for me to respond differently. I, I almost feel like she finds these situations. I feel like I'm the solution and I also feel like I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But as far as her mother's relationship, her and her mother's relationship, I, I think when they were younger, I think when she was a baby, I think it, it was a struggle because she she is um, maybe not even because I don't know why, but I know that that was hard. How was it hard? Do you know? You know, I don't know for sure, but I do know that Hadley was a fussy baby or like she wasn't able to help her regulate even then, which was hard for both of them. And she wants to be really close. And I think the mom doesn't want to necessarily be, or at least at that time, didn't want to have that intimacy that like, okay, Mm. you know, so then here we are fast forward today. I think they have a great relationship to a certain degree, you know, I mean, I can't know for sure. But the speculation is that they Mm -hmm. maybe missed out on that co-regulation early in her life. Yes, they did. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to cast judgment. That's why I'm apprehensive to say that. I don't want to say after being in it, like as a mom and you know, you know, I don't want to judge, but that is my critique would be, that would be my critique. It could, yeah, it could be an observation. It could be, you know, what you've discerned from what your husband has told you. And 
you know, not having, and listen, no mother's nervous system. I won't say no, but I know very few mothers nervous system. I can't think of any mother. I'm sure there's some Zen mother somewhere in the world. Nervous system is completely calm all the time, especially that first year, especially with the first baby where you just don't know what the heck just happened. So, but if there's a, if there's still an availability and if there's still those moments of bonding and connection and whatever, that's, that's enough to really imprint the nervous system. So she might not have had that imprint. Do you know what her birth was like? I think they weren't sure. She did have to go into the NICU for a little bit as well. So I think there was a little bit of trauma, but nothing. um, She was a a vaginal birth, like a traditional American baby, like epidural. She was a vaginal birth or she was? Yes, she was at the vaginal birth. Okay. But overall, I think she's pretty mal. Like, if I'm just going to speak freely, I feel like she and her mom did not have that bond. They did not have that connection. And that was like a big struggle for someone yeah. like her, like her soul in particular. She's a lot like my husband. And like, that's just really hard. Does she have the connection with your husband? Very, very great mm-hmm. connection with him. Yes. Does she regulate with him? I think. So, but maybe he's not always available. Okay. And do you two argue or is it more just, well, can you tell me what the trigger is for you? So I feel like subconsciously, I don't want to be around her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that she can sense that. And so it kind of gives this like push and pull and and that comes together in a lot of different situations, whether it's like a way to get my attention or a way to, I feel like I'm always in the corner of her eye. Mm-hmm. So an example would be that she would come to me and say, what are we having for dinner? Even though I maybe just told them what we're having for dinner, like, or asking me to do something that she's really old enough to do. Like, I don't want to pick out my clothes. Like you pick out my clothes, you come with me or you do these things when I'm busy or if the baby's crying or if different things are happening, she finds those situations and like almost puts herself in a position to be rejected and puts me in that position. I feel like to do that. It's interesting that you use those words because that might have been how she felt by her, from her mother. Yeah. And this isn't about blame. Maybe mom had massive postpartum depression going on. Who knows what was, obviously they got divorced pretty quickly. So who knows what was going on, but it sounds like mom didn't have the capacity to really be there for her. And so on some level, she's constantly testing and constantly setting up the same pattern of being rejected. Yeah. 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 So how do you respond in those situations? Mm. Not well, because me personally, it's almost like I feel invaded a little bit, like my energy, you know, I feel like I, I'm, we've got meals for the week. The house is clean. These things are done. Like I'm working, you know, I'm doing Mm -hmm. these things. And I think I, I resent the extra effort involved. Mm -hmm. And I say that now. And right now I feel like, oh yeah, I could totally respond well. I know what to do, but for some reason I feel resistant to Mm -hmm. 
give the nurture, to give the intimacy, to give that love, to do it, I, it gives me the ick. I don't know why, but it mm-hmm. makes me feel really uncomfortable to be that person. Like I feel like I'm. Does it remind you of anything? Um, my dad is an alcoholic and he, when my parents divorced, we had like an unhealthy relationship where he would put his needs on me. Like the, what is it called? It's called like covert incest. Like it's Mm -hmm. like a a person putting their needs on a child. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just feel like that intimacy, like I don't, I, I almost want to like respect the space. I, I feel uncomfortable yeah. going in and being like, oh, I'm going to love you. I'm going to hug you. I'm going to kiss you. I'm going to be this person, but it doesn't feel right. It feels wrong. Yeah. Well, there's that. And then when she imposes her needs on you and you're doing something else, it reminds you of dad, you know, yes. so it triggers that like, this is inappropriate. Yes. Not the same level, but it's like the, the, the timing is more inappropriate on her end and inappropriate yes. for her age and so on and so forth. So it seems like you've, you've drawn in a great, <laughs> a great stepdaughter to help some, heal some of this father stuff. Because what happens is when our children trigger us and we become children, and I'm not saying your behavior is childish, I'm saying your child yes. is triggered then it's like, what do we do? So a big part of my answer to your question is like helping your inner child in that moment, parenting your inner child. And it's very common for moms, for all parents, but especially Mm -hmm. moms who are oftentimes more in the day-to-day with kids to completely neglect our own inner child because we're so focused on our actual children. I have a question. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what if it's not an inner child? What if it's an inner teenager? Because that's more of what it feels like. Yeah. It's part of the inner child. To me, a teenager is still a child. Yeah. Really? I guess to me, it's not, you know, in my mind. Then you can call it your inner inner teenager. Yeah. That's totally fine too. But no one wants a teenager running the house either. Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, you'd all have ice cream for dinner. So uh, how often are the girls there, your stepdaughters? 50% 50% of the time. Okay, so 50%. every other day and every other weekend. Oh, every other day. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes a rhythm a little harder to get into. Does that work for them? That back and forth every day? I, that's all that they know. That's all that But they we've know. been okay. really consistent. So I think at this point, it, it does. Okay. They, see, they get to see mom. They get to see dad. No one okay. goes too long without seeing the other. And okay. we live pretty close. That's nice. That's um, nice. Well, if it's working, that's yeah. great. So mm-hmm. on the days that you don't have them, I would love for you to spend a little more time with your inner teenager and really helping her know like that she has sovereignty, that it wasn't her responsibility to take care of dad, that there were boundaries that are crossed because what's happening is when your stepdaughter is triggering you, it's hard to like stay centered and respond as an adult, Mm -hmm. right? Because the adult response would be something like, I can't help you with that right now. This is what I'm doing. You're welcome to help me with this. And when I finish, we can go together and do that. But because it pushes on a button of your boundaries being pushed when you were a kid, having a more proactive response is really difficult than having just a reactionary response. Yeah. Before I go too much deeper down this, 
What does your husband say about all this? I think it really hurts him. Well, he says it hurts him. And he thinks that Hadley really loves me and looks up to me and really likes me. And he is just patient and prays that it gets better. How does he want you to be different? I think it's, he wants me to be different in maturity, maybe even forgiveness. And yeah, I think in this aspect, he wants me to be able to meet him where he is or, you know, he has the same daughter. So he knows how hard it is, but he knows to respond and not react or maybe not feel so emotional. He He's you know, a little more diplomatic about all of it. And I feel a lot mm-hmm. and I like, I get to where I, I'm so upset that I can't hide it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think he wants me to be his partner mm-hmm. as a, as a step parent. Um, but I think he also doesn't have an expectation for me to change. I think he, um, you know, it's hopeful, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think he requires anything like that from me. Yeah. Well, and we want, what we want is for all the kids to feel as safe as possible. And what do you think that Hadley thinks she might be able to get from you that she's not getting from her own mom? Mm, nurture. Okay. Nurture and like coddling love mm-hmm. um doting mm-hmm. yeah we're just culturally different as well so i'm hispanic so the way that we that i treat children is different than maybe what i know i'm different mm-hmm. um and i think they crave that and they want that they want the they want it to that degree but the intimacy and our relationship keeps me, I, I feel stuck. Like I just, I want to. And even when I force myself to, it feels inauthentic. It feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, can you scratch my back? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> can you brush my hair? Yes, I can. Whereas the, my other two daughters, I feel more willing, more comfortable giving. And mm-hmm. I I feel so bad. I don't want her to feel that rejection from me. I don't want her to feel that from me, mm-hmm. but it's there and I want to fix it. I want it yeah. to go away. Yeah. Yeah. And I really acknowledge you. Like I really acknowledge you. It's such a beautiful act of love, even to be having this conversation and to be so honest about it. Cause I'm sure there's, you know, even some guilt, possibly even some shame about it and anger yeah. and frustration and all the things. So Wanting something to go away is the best way to keep it around. So the first, the first step would be to really just accept what is, accept that she's a trigger, most likely about dad, but who knows, who knows if there's some crazy past life, something happening, who knows, all we need to know is there is a trigger that's preventing you from connecting with this girl who's craving connection from you. And So first, just accept it. Just like accept that there's something in you that has a bit of an ick. We don't need to psychoanalyze it or know what it is. It's just like, okay, this is there. Yeah. And then I really see if you can 
feel into, well, let me ask you this. As a child, maybe you got it from your mom, but as a child, did you get a lot of back scratches metaphorically? No. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah. I even remember a time asking my mom to like give me a pet name, call me love, say, you know, in Spanish, like mija, tell me, like, talk to me in this way. I see other moms talk to kids this way. Talk to me in this way. And she was like, I just can't, you know, mm. I'm not, I'm not that way. Right. And so yeah. we've got that aspect. Yeah. It's a lot. Too. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it all makes sense. And she's the perfect little healer teacher. She is. So one thing I want you to start to try and practice is to see yourself in her. Like when she asks you for a back scratch, I want you to imagine it's little you, it's little nine-year-old you asking for a back scratch. Mm-hmm. I want you to see your inner child in her. Are there any ways that you two are alike? Um, yes. How so? I recognize that she's taking the temperature of the room and so did I at that, Mm -hmm. at that age, almost like reading what other people are doing, um, or feeling uncomfortable in social situations, like not knowing what to do, like being so excited about something that you just don't even know what to do. I, I recognize that in me, like not knowing what to do around like the intimacy, like whenever we do like dates with the girls, we're like special time where dad is with one daughter I'm with the other and we would switch whenever it was their turn her turn to be with me it was almost like she didn't it was just like paralyzing she did not know what to do she didn't want to I had to say okay well we're gonna do this even though the point is for them to be the boss and tell you what they're gonna do you know mm-hmm. and I recognize that yeah not knowing what to do with the attention wanting it but then not knowing what to do once it happens yeah 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 so how does that suggestion of really seeing her as your inner child and Mm -hmm. seeing if you can let her in that way like as a healing because even though as a kid you might have been different you might have been more inwardly um dysregulated Mm -hmm. And she might be mm-hmm. more outwardly dysregulated. I have a sense that you were dysregulated as a kid too. And maybe you just yeah. had to hold it all in, you know, where she kind of just outwardly expresses it. So it's the same yes. thing. It's different sides of the same stick. So if you can really, with your heart, see you and her, because there's a part of your inner child that you haven't nurtured. Mm-hmm that wasn't nurtured and that you haven't nurtured. Like have, I'm sure you've done work, but have you done a lot of nurturing of your own inner child? Have you let her cry her tears around not having a pet name? Dad asking her, you know, making weird requests of her. Mom not being super ooey gooey like other mommies. Have you done a lot of healing around that? Yeah. Yes. I think I, I think I tried and I went, I went and did a lot. And then I think, during in the middle of it I kind of felt like okay I felt like I was starting to wallow more than Mm -hmm. 
getting through. Yeah. Well, we can do that if we're not actually, if we're just thinking about it and Mm -hmm. not actually feeling and nurturing and giving ourselves now what we didn't get then, then it can just Mm -hmm. feel sad. Mm, Yeah. But if, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But if we are like, okay, well, how do I give myself that now? And what's so beautiful is she's a great mirror. Mm -hmm. So that would be my biggest suggestion. Like doing, and I know it's hard with a one-year-old, but doing as much as you can, the inner child work, the inner teen work, like just talking to your little one about how did it feel that mommy didn't have a pet name for you? Like how did it feel that you never got back scratches? Okay, well, I'll hold you and give you back scratches now and you can just visualize yourself doing it. When you're scratching Hadley's back, you can just think of little Lorraine at the same time. Yeah. So that would be my biggest suggestion is see her as you. See if you can really, really nurture the compassion and also teach her boundaries versus Mm -hmm. just discipline, Mm. which are different. Mm -hmm. You know, discipline is like, no. You can't do that or no, I'm not going to do that or you're in trouble. Boundaries yeah. have more teaching in them. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something I can talk to my husband about helping with the boundaries piece. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he needs to be enrolled in that because you can't yeah. be the only one holding those. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, the biggest piece that, again, sticks out for me is she's triggering like some big time stuff, not nurturing from your mom, inappropriate asks from your dad. And Mm -hmm. she's like mirroring both of those things almost to a T. Yeah. It's so much easier to love someone who's not like us and doesn't have a wounding. Yes. Than it is to really love and nurture someone who, you know, is a mirror. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was so much yeah. easier to stand and watch a beautiful dancer perform than it is to stand in front of a mirror and look at ourselves. And what she's asking you to do is just look in that mirror and, and drop into your heart because every time you reject her, you're rejecting your own inner nine-year-old, your own inner child, your own inner teen as well. Yeah. Is there anything in the moment you know, parenting is kind of, and especially step parenting, it doesn't come from like that instinct. Right. Not usually. It's a little more like thought. Like, right. This is what I'm going to do. Right. Like a practical thing to say, like, let's say she crosses my boundary. Mm-hmm. I can't help with that right now. Um, you know, we go that way. Is there anything I can say to myself or think to myself? Mm-hmm. because there's no time, I guess to me, it feels like, okay, this is not a time to like sit down and think about myself, right. you know? Um, right. That's the work you do when you have space. So this is going to sound like yeah. such a simple and trite suggestion, but it's the best in the I'm moment thing it. that you have, which mm-hmm. is you just take a really deep breath and pause and do nothing because we react from a dysregulated nervous system. Mm-hmm. The faster we can bring ourselves into regulation is to take a deep mm-hmm. breath, mm-hmm. let it go, pause, even one hand on heart, one hand on belly. If your hands aren't full of a baby or something else, just mm-hmm. like 
taking that pause because that's going to be the pattern interrupt that's going to help you start to make shifts. And I really hear you in terms of like, it's different with step parenting than with the instinctual of your own children. And I think many people listening that maybe have older children would say, I'm not a step parent. I'm this kid's biological parent. And I still... (laughs) Yeah, have trouble. I still have trouble. It still is an instinctual at times. Yeah. So, and it gets more difficult, you know, as they get older and they have their own free will and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's just really, really pausing and seeing if you can stop that reactive pattern and saying to yourself, like even saying to yourself, like for me, when I know I'm getting triggered. I will say the year and my age to myself. It sounds silly, but it helps me be like, this is where I am right now in my timeline. And it helps me pull my subconscious back. I like that Mm -hmm. because I am, I am 30 years old. I am, Mm -hmm. you know, in the year 2023. I'm like, what year is it? Um, Yeah. (laughs) 2023. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that person is capable. Right the other ones that kind of get in the way. Right. Right. Something else I say to my inner child when she's triggered is I'll say, I got you and I got this. And then I'll respond. Mm. So those are some of my favorites, the deep breath, the bringing myself into the present moment and the, I got you and I got this. And handling it from that space. I love that. I got you and I got this because it's kind of like something I would have loved to hear when I was a teenager yeah. for someone to come in and say, like, I got this, I got you, I got yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, she's nine too. So the more conversations you can have with her, the better, like after something happens or when she comes mm-hmm. and does something, you can say, I noticed you came and asked me for something when you saw I was, you know, putting the baby down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that because I really want to be able to respond to you um, in a way so you feel seen and important. And sometimes it's hard when I'm doing something else. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just talk it out with her. Don't underestimate Mm -hmm. what a nine-year-old can talk about. Like take the time to talk it out with her. Okay. It's amazing what children understand. I mean, Athena's 16 months and I tell her things and explain things and talk to her about Mm -hmm. things that she gets it and she gets it Mm -hmm. not all the time, but a lot of the time. So I think more conversations with her will be useful as well. And I think you and your husband need to sit down and Mm -hmm. come up with your parenting philosophy, what boundaries they are, what your parenting philosophy is, what, when there is discipline, like what that looks like, what mm-hmm. we do when I was watching something from Dr. Becky, who I really like. She's um, Dr. Becky mm-hmm. inside, And she was, I think it was her, maybe it was someone else, but I think it was her talking about if your kids only respond when you yell or kind of lose it, there's something mm-hmm. off in your boundaries, right? Because mm-hmm. you're teaching them that they don't have to listen until you yell. Yeah. Right? I think so, we're that kind of family. <laughs> right. Right. Maybe more so, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think sitting down with your husband and being like, we need our parenting philosophy. You know, who do we want yeah. to learn from? If you like Dr. Becky, she's a great person to learn from. There's lots of great parenting experts out there. Who do we want to learn from? What's our philosophy? 
What do we believe? Mm-hmm. What are our boundaries? Because you guys got to be aligned in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Does this give you some direction? It does. Okay. Okay. It and, helps. Yeah. And it's being a step, being a parent, tough. Being a step parent, really tough because there's so yeah. many other dynamics you're working with. Yeah. It's definitely tough, but man, I don't think our daughters are two months, two months apart. And I don't think I could have taken it in as, as joyfully and as easily if had I not been a stepmom. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very grateful for my daughters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're lucky to have you. They're really lucky to have you as well. Mm. Thank you, Lorena, for your vulnerability and for your commitment to be a better stepmother. And as usual, <laughs> this issue went back to someone's old childhood. You heard Lorena had some wounding both with mom and dad. Mom wasn't particularly nurturing and dad made inappropriate requests. And now we have this stepdaughter who wants nurturing, but we feel an ick to it and who's making requests and we feel a trigger to it. So massive, massive healing opportunity for Lorena, which she is choosing, which I so respect and admire and I'm glad about. And, you know, in situations like this, I always look for what's the fastest route. And she could, you know, analyze this. She could take tons of parenting classes. And I think parenting education is a necessity. I don't think anybody really knows how to parent until they've done it a while. And they've learned from people that have done it a while. And I, I'm learning from a lot of people. Dr. Becky's one of them that I mentioned. Um, I should see if I could get her on the show for a coach's corner, but she's someone that I learn a lot from. Anyway, I digress. Back to Lorena. The fastest way I feel like she is going to feel a difference is to one, regulate her own nervous system when she is getting triggered through the suggestions I gave her, taking a deep breath, saying the year and her age, I've got this and I got you, meaning I got you and her child. And then really seeing her stepdaughter as her, really seeing it as a nurturing opportunity because we tend to reject people and behavior that reminds us most of our wounded parts. And we tend to have an ick factor towards it because there's a own internal judgment that we carry. And there's a, there's a protection too, that we carry of like, if I really let this person in, I'm going to feel my own stuff. You know, if she really lets her stepdaughter in, she might, more of her own stuff could potentially and most likely surface. So often it's a protection to keep someone that's presenting similar wounding at an arm's length. So my invitation to her was to really invite her stepdaughter in, really see her as her, meaning see her stepdaughter as little Lorena when she makes a request, see her own inner child, see if she can elicit that compassion for her. And from my perspective, these two have a beautiful soul contract and a beautiful healing opportunity the nine-year-old is knocking on the door, subconsciously asking for it. Like, I'm here to heal. I'm here to help you ascend. I'm here to fulfill this soul contract. And Lorena, she wouldn't have been on the phone with me or the phone. Who's on the phone anymore? She wouldn't have been on this, this coaching call with me if she wasn't also open to healing and open to really completing and stepping into the soul contract. So 
I know that she will take the guidance of really seeing this little girl as her and loving her as her. And there's a beautiful healing opportunity both for her as a stepmother and her as a daughter as well. All right, everyone, that is the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.